Greetings, citizens of planet Earth. This is Comedy Film Nerds episode 347. Something very unique happened at the beginning of this episode. We had a technical difficulty, but we discovered it in time. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we didn't record thank an entire God. episode this we, time we with a glitch. Two minutes in with a dumb yeah. glitch. So, um, so That's the one good thing about having your uh, old computer uh, stack started to uh, stutter. Yeah, my, we my computer. To, uh, <laughs> figure out the uh, the error. So uh, we're here. We're ready. I need a new computer. Yeah. Anybody out there want to buy me something? I need an <laughs> Apple MacBook, 13 uh, inch screen. You gonna kickstart? Uh, uh, no, new just computer? send me one. You sent us to Australia last year. Just email me, you know, and uh, info at comedyfilmers.com, and uh, we'll tell you. Maybe you have one that's not quite as old that you're getting rid of. Or maybe you just want to be cool and buy me a new laptop that helps record this show because this thing is old. Um, so, um, uh, we were talking about how uh, let's get into a fun it was for Colt Cobana. The episode yes. last week it was really fun. The Thanksgiving week it uh-huh. was you know it was fun. The thing I love about podcasting is when would we sit and talk wrestling movies with a guy that is a professional comedy wrestler i know never never i mean i met him on a podcast right and then you know he's in town he lives in chicago and he had a movie to promote about his crazy life and Mm -hmm. it was cool too because it's like the similarities between sort of the the road comic and the Mm -hmm. the not crazy famous like the the not crazy famous any type of entertainer, our lives are very similar. Yes, mm-hmm. if you're in a band, if you're, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It's like a minor league ball player. Yeah. Like you're always three towns away from hanging yourself, <laughs> <laughs> or three towns away from like being a billionaire. Right. You know, like it's always, it's always, there's always a carrot or a noose right, right around the corner. Um, so we've been chasing both on this on this show, uh, but yeah, it was really cool. It was great having Colt. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a themed episode. So let's get into some movies. So I saw Arrival. Yes, yes, and, and a differing take. A differing take. So mm-hmm. here's what happened after you saw it, and we talked about it uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to see that. I was kind of bummed. Right. And then some fans on Twitter, mainly, and some on Facebook were like. Graham, I like this movie. Yeah, Maybe go could, see it. Go see it. I want to hear what you have to say. And someone right. was like, we might have a tree of life on our hands. Right. <laughs> um, no, you, because you didn't like it that much, and I didn't dislike it that much. No, I, well, yeah, I don't think it's that stark of a difference. I don't know. Those uh, Tree of life comes around once a lifetime. Yeah, that's it. It's once a, yeah, tree like, of lifetime. Yeah, tree of a lifetime. Dis- <laughs> disparity? What? Uh, so I liked the shit. I liked Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um the it was some cool stuff about it. Amy Adams actually knew Mandarin prior to filming. There's that uh, scene speaks to General Wang, or excuse me, Shang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor General Long Duck Dong. <laughs> Long Duck Dong. <laughs> He's a very. <laughs> I think I might have a rival. Molly Ringwald's in it. Yeah, she's yeah. having a birthday. Uh, <laughs> She's in love with a guy named Jake. It was really exciting. Um, it's actually, this was based, it was originally titled Story of Your Life from uh, uh, the short story. Smartest thing they did was change the title. Right. <laughs> I would not have seen. St- if this was called Story of Your Life, then I might have not liked it. Right. Just for the title. Yeah. Um, Arrival was a good was a good title. Um, and the director, Dennis Villeneuve, is actually going to direct Blade Runner 2049, which... I'm excited that there's going to be more Blade Runner, but I hope they don't ruin it. Here's what I liked about this movie. Mm-hmm. 
Fifty million dollar budget, sweet spot that we don't get to see. Yeah, which is a, a, a reason I liked it, and it, it's it's because you and I, you know, we've talked a lot about that. That budget is neglected, you know, right? And and so the thing that was cool about this, it's just enough money to pay for big name actors that are good. I like Amy Adams. I like Forrest Whitaker, um, uh, and um, but it. So it's a sci-fi movie that didn't need $150 million of sci-fi budget in it to tell right. the story. Um, the, sci- the, the the effects are really just the spaceships, and then when you're inside the spaceships and how they sort of... What the aliens look like. What the aliens look like, and then how they communicate, which was mm. so... This is the thing that I dug. It was... We haven't seen alien life forms really depicted this way, I don't think. In terms of these sort of like what do they call them hectopods or something like that um sort of walking octopus like giraffe type things Mm -hmm. that spoke they they sprayed this ink in these symbols and then amy adams job i took this this stuff was fascinating to me how she's a linguist who is deciphering what these things mean Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of flashbacks The, the problem about us talking about this movie and why we didn't agree on it we can't Right, because it, it's, it's a spoiler. It, it would ruin. So maybe now, I will say this though. I told you what the twist was. Were you a little more accepting of it because you knew it was coming? Actually, that's a great. That's a good point. You told me what the twist was, and I kind of went into it like waiting to be like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I was. I wasn't like. I, I just sort of took you at your word, like, oh, this is probably going to have a dumb ending. Right. I went into it like that, and. And who knows? Maybe I. Maybe that had an influence because I was mm-hmm. ex- the, the way you described it. The way I heard it was I was expecting a bigger, dumber twist that was going to make me go, "Dude!" Right. Instead, I was maybe maybe in some level I was more open to it, or mm-hmm. because I was expecting it to be so ridiculous, it wasn't. So it didn't shock me. I actually, I liked. I liked how they did it. Right. And I really thought that was cool and interesting. It was the part, and I think it's why I really liked Interstellar and the ending of Interstellar, where some people didn't. I sort of like that. I don't want to give this. Let me just talk about Interstellar for a second. So I'm going to do some spoilers with Interstellar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So the way Interstellar depicted time the force of gravity can travel through time. That's the inter- this spoiler for Interstellar. Sure. <laughs> so that was cool, and how they visually depicted it. He's in that room with all those different things. This movie doesn't do that, but right. it is. There's some similarities in terms of I think on a theoretical level of time, right? Because there's sure there's there's two because there's two, and I'm sure someone out there knows. There's two theories of time. There's the river theory that we're all at different paces on a river. Or there's the like the string theory where it's all tangled and you can jump between like all of our lives. Every point of our life is happening at the same moment. Yeah. The way you just described it just sounds wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I don't know where. So (laughs) I'm just going to assume that it's... (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I got this from the show Quantum Leap. It was the string theory where okay. where time is a string, but it's all sort of, if you had just a piece of string curled together, right. then it can jump around. That's mm-hmm. basically how you could theoretically time travel. 
but whatever. So as I've said on the show, I love time travel movies. <laughs> I love I love exploring that right. theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, um, there's some cool stuff there. To, to, to me, though, the, what was the most interesting, and why the the reveal didn't like. I guess I was so on board with right. how you accepted it. I accepted the whole right. uh, the whole world. I accepted the depiction of how the world, how various countries would <laughs> react to this. Yes. Now that to me felt real. That was like okay, no, I, I'm buying that. I, I love too. You like know. they're they're in this tent at the site, right? Because there's like whatever seven of them around the planet. So there was right. one in Montana mm-hmm. that was the so in the tent is the military, the CIA, and scientists. Right. And the scientists are like, oh, we just want to explore. Mm-hmm. And the military and the CIA are like, mm. Could you tell me what accent first Whitaker was doing, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. You know what? Here's, here's what accent, what I heard, honestly. I was like, oh, I've heard that accent before. It's the best way I can sum- is it's a military accent. It's a guy that's grown up in the military. Mm-hmm. And... There's a lot of Southerners in the military, mm-hmm. and a lot of people with with all different kinds of crazy accents. So there's this sort of I noticed amalgam. Yeah, I've noticed. I honestly, in all the military, I noticed it in certain like, and I'd go, "Where's that accent from?" And they'd say, "Well, you know, my dad served, so I grew up. We, you know, I was in Camp Lejeune and in mm-hmm. the South, and then we were in Bakersfield, and then I was in, you know, like they now so- explain why he was only doing it in Act One." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is when I kept bringing up the dinosaurs and you kind of went, yeah, maybe Tree of Life was a little stupid. Honestly, I guess I was so wrapped up in the hocus pocus of this thing that I didn't notice his changing changing accent. Um, I just accepted as he he carried himself and he talked like mm-hmm. career military people that right. I've met. Okay. So I, I immediately bought it. Okay. <laughs> when it All didn't right. come back in the sacks <laughs> two and three. I don't remember going, hey, where does accent go? That's fucking hilarious. That's so funny. That's what you, that's what you saw. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's, Jeremy Renner's good in it. Him and Amy Adams are good together. Um, the other supporting this, the lesser known, like the the military people that they kind of kind of interact with. Um, I don't know. I I I I thought it was cool. I I think it's worth um, I think it's worth watching. And and I'm curious to see. Um, I'm curious to see what what you guys think of it like how many people have you guys liked it so mm-hmm. All cool right. let us know yes. are you team team Chris or team <laughs> yeah. Graham team accent or team no accent <laughs> um, alright what did you see I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them oh now this was a really interesting movie um I went into this movie with, like, no expectations. I was like, well, is this going to be good? Is this going to be a cash grab? What's what's this going to be like? Based because, on a J.K. Rowling book. No, it is not. That's what's interesting. She wrote the screenplay. She wrote the screenplay. It is not based on a book. So, it's completely uh, original. Completely original. Ah. So, and what it is, it focuses on a character. It's a prequel. It's shot, like, in the 30s. 
um, way before Harry Potter and all these other characters. Is it in the Harry Potter universe? It's in the Harry Potter universe. Uh, It's the author um, of the book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The book is referenced in Harry Potter throughout, you know, all of the books. David Yates is the director. David Yates is the director. He directed yes. several. He directed Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, he made the last four Half Harry Potter Blood films. Prince, Deathly Hollows Part Two. Right. So um, this was originally planned as a trilogy. Now it's a five-part series. I'm not sure um, how it's going to go to five, but you know this budget, 180 million dollars. Unbelievable. Right. So they already have a two, three, four, and five. Two is in pre-production. Right. Three, four, and five have been announced. Yeah. Just done deal. Right. Now I I think there's like a version of like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Like when I say there wasn't a book, like. Uh, um, I think she did release something like, you know, it was like a little bestiary of like the different monsters. Right. But the book itself as a story was not, did not exist before the the film. How was Eddie um, Redmayne? Eddie, here's what was interesting about it. Now, you know, from the trailer, the story is he goes to New York, he's got a suitcase full of monsters mm-hmm. and they get out. Uh-oh. Now, um, but there's a lot of other things going on in this movie. And one of the things is Eddie Redmayne's character, uh, Newt. Scarmander or Scramander. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's uh, um, what I found interesting about this character as when you're introduced to him, he's squirrely. He doesn't talk a lot. You're not sure what his moral center is. Like it's very almost like um, it's very vague on what and who this character is. And at first it comes across as, well, this is just kind of sloppy. I'm not getting an idea of this character, but as the movie progresses, you realize it was, deliberate because um and uh, a couple scenes later his character and another character are talking like oh people like you a lot and the character goes to newt uh and he read me his character goes well people like you too he goes no a lot of people just find me really annoying <laughs> and you realize that this is what they were trying to portray and as the movie progresses you get to know this character more you get to know his moral code and you start to like him so it was a really cool um unfolding of this character because normally you're like all right you know it's harry potter he's the boy wizard mm-hmm. it's like you're you're off to the races with you know these uh, archetype uh, of these types of characters but this wasn't the case i really liked the way this kind of unpacked and unfolded so you got to know this character and you weren't sure about him at first what he was about and what was going on now there's all sorts of um stuff going on in new york there's a monster that's loose did you bring there's the kids a, to this yeah we all saw it as a family kids liked it Kids loved it. Absolutely oh, okay. loved it. Uh, my wife loved it, too. Um, so I really like this movie because it was, to me, like one of those perfect popcorn movies. It was this beautiful set. Uh, you know, the the production design and the effects were just gorgeous. This hyper-realistic 1930s with, like, magic overlay mm-hmm. and, you know, even some, like, almost like Inception-type stuff as right. buildings were going back and forth and uh with with the wizards but it really felt like a really well put together period piece but with that extra level of like magic to it where you know well that doesn't quite look like i'll bet the 30s look like but it was just that extra hyper real feel to it uh, that just added to the whole feel of the film um and uh colin Farrell was really good in it. Like he just had this really? weird kind of scowl, and you, as you're watching this character, you're thinking, "Oh, well, he's up to something. I got to find out what's going on with him." So is he? Kinda, then, is he a full-on bad guy? He's or? a uh, he's a magician. He's one of the uh, the wizards, and then you know things kind of happen with him later. I don't want to give any spoilers, okay. but uh, um, this movie was an interesting mix of like like 
it was, I, I guess the best way to describe this movie is it was a $180 million fan film. <laughs> uh, but only Harry Potter could have pulled it off. Because the movie like this, you're pretty much relying on all the Harry Potter fans for coming out. But you're not relying on any crossover because you don't have to. Harry Potter is such a huge juggernaut across the entire world. If just the Harry Potter fans come and see this movie, you're going to make a fortune anyway. Like, this movie doesn't need, like, you and Lindsay to come on board and, like, oh, let me see what this is about. It doesn't. And what's well, Lindsay's it, already on board. Oh, she's already on board. Okay, well, it doesn't, need, it doesn't need people that aren't into Harry Potter to come on board, and it's not expecting them to. Like, you know, when the dumb Warner Brothers executives about Batman versus Superman say, well, we're counting on people seeing this movie two or three times. This is the opposite of that. Like, we, we're going to count on the Harry Potter fans coming, but we don't need anybody else. We're, we're fine. So, in a way, it was that kind of weird, giant, high-budget fan film that doesn't need that... Uh, um, that crossover audience. Like, Avengers needs pe- more than just the people who've read the comic book to right, come see it. Right. This one doesn't. If you've read the Harry Potter books or seen the Harry Potter movies, that's all. Oh, wow. That you, that's all that you, they need. Um, and it really had a lot of fan service to it. Like, there was a lot of, like, Easter eggy type stuff. Basically what Marvel was, would do. But mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, with the Harry Potter universe. But what made it authentic is J.K. Rowling wrote the screenplay. So right. it didn't feel like a money grab. There's no one that knows this world more. She's the creator of it. So she wrote the screenplay well, and that, it felt real. Yeah, that's when it would have been a failure if they would have just right. like gotten some non-Harry Potter right. person to kind yeah. of... Like we've seen these... These types of money grabs, these, for sure. He's just like, well, let's see. Hopefully we'll, some of the Harry Potter people will show up. Yeah, exactly. And uh-huh. we'll just have wizards and ghosts and right. goblins. And, it's, uh-huh. and this was like a Harry Potter world, yes. which is... Uh, now, one of the uh, one of the couple things that did have a couple issues with was the tone um, went a little bit too far in either direction. Like, it, it kind of had like uh, an uneven tone in a couple places. Like, there were a couple places where there were goofy things for the kids, like, you know, Eddie Redmayne's doing this goofy mating dance to attract a giant, you know, rhinoceros-like creature, and it's real dumb and goofy. But then there's some creepy, chilling parts of where, like, the wizards basically brought them into an execution chamber, and they showed the wizard equivalent of an electric chair on how they execute people and it was really creepy and disturbing the way they did it and i'm like oh wow this is some of this is really dark and they have like uh there's a movement brewing in new york like a like a new um salem witch trial type of thing where they're they're starting to suspect wizards and witches are among them and they want to basically purge them so there's there's some dark interesting things to the film and there's some uh um, a little bit light, goofy stuff that doesn't quite gel, and and there's one celebrity cameo that was a little goofy at the end, but I won't spoil that if you're going to go see it. Uh, but it was a pleasant surprise. I really liked it. I thought it was a really good popcorny type movie for Harry Potter fans. Um, but it's not going to convert anybody. <laughs> if you're like, I didn't like any of those eight Harry Potter movies, this one's not going to change your mind. <laughs> and at the same re- same. Uh, token like if you really liked the eight harry potter movies you're you're gonna like this movie for sure and uh i don't know how they're gonna get four more movies out of it but i'm interested to see you know where it goes from here 
The power of Harry Potter basically is what your review is on this yes, one. Yes, pretty much, yeah. Uh, and also handling the franchise properly. Like, it could be it easily have been a $180 million money grab with Brett Ratner or some idiot doing, right. you know, a Harry Potter movie and just hoping that they showed up. But they did. They, they took care of it. The people that know the franchise did it. Okay. Um, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Before I, I hear you uh, critique this movie, I just want to point out $10 million less of a budget than The Arrival. Same window of a budget. Good to hear. Like, again, overall, I support that. Mm-hmm. I support that you... Yeah, you could... Billy Lynn, you could have jacked this up to $100 million if you had Channing Tatum and right. and all this other stuff. Samuel Jackson. Sure. Maybe you should have hired <laughs> Uh, it's okay Joe Alwyn um, he plays Billy it's his first feature film uh, Steve Martin who's in it didn't even realize he's a British actor till several weeks in because he was doing such a good job he does a good job as, as seeing seeming like a young American guy that joined the military and went overseas um, it's Chris Tucker's first film in four years and Steve Martin's first film since 2011 the the trailer for this the first trailer they released like a while ago maybe beginning of this year was really fantastic and i was like wow i'm excited to see this and there's all these flashbacks and so in the movie they're getting ready for this big halftime thing at this big game um they don't have the nfl's endorsement they don't have the dallas cowboys endorsements but basically they've created it's it's the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a team with a big blue star and a silver helmet. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. it's in Texas. It's all that stuff. The Dallas Ranchers. Or yeah. It's, they call yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Cowboy Men. Yeah. Or something. Or something. <laughs> so uh, there's, um, it's based on um, a, a novel by Ben Fountain. Ang Lee directs it. So when I saw the first trailer, I was like, wow. And I've always been so amazed by Ang Lee at how he can direct an, and tell American stories it's not easy when a foreign director tries to do something truly American I don't know what happened with this film it honestly the the dialogue of the whole unit right there's the whole unit that that Billy Lynn helped save they they did this wonderful thing in Iraq and and their unit is together and they're going through all this press as they get ready to go to the halftime and the 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 guy ball busting you know grab ass dialogue mm-hmm. man when that's not done correctly is it so painfully <laughs> obvious it's so fucking clunky mm-hmm. hey man what are you t- trying to go get late like it sounds like now imagine if you're the actor trying to deliver oh, it God, it sounds <laughs> like when 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 uh like when a gay guy is trying to sound like a straight guy and he thinks this is how straight guys talk, you know, and he's just like, yeah, man, let's go grab some chicks or something. And just like, <laughs> no one talks like that. Um, it's miscast. Steve Martin plays basically Jerry Jones, the big, he's the owner of the Dallas, of the, the, the Texas franchise. And he's supposed to be this sort of Jerry Jones type mm. character. And he's trying to do like a mild Texas accent. I mean, it's just like, I was watching this going, I can't believe Ang Lee 
did this. Like, I, I don't know. This is the ice storm angling. This is the same guy. This is the guy. This that, is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Who then went from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon to the ice storm. And I remember I was like, wow. I didn't think. What a he, range. What a range. Didn't think he could make that jump. Um, Maybe that's all he can do is make giant jumps. He can't do anything <laughs> he in between. can't make a middle <laughs> jump. It's, 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 I mean, you know, he did Life of Pi. He did Brokeback Mountain. These are fantastic movies that that do a wide range. I mean, the Hulk was a misfire, obviously. Yes. But like, I'll I'll cut him that. I cut him the Hulk slack because it's like the superhero and the and the fan service. It, it it's not it's not it's as not easy, what he does. It's not, it's not what he does, and it's not as easy as you may think to any filmmaker. This I don't know what I mean. This movie, like, it was such. Um, it's such a disappointment. It's so clunky. It's so like a foreigner's view of like it, the, what the movie, what the story and everything is trying to show is that the sort of post nine 11 Iraq war, super patriotism. And then the people who were sort of weaselly trying to capitalize on it. You know what I mean? They're trying to wave the American flag to turn a buck and, oh, I support the troops when they really don't. And it's really supposed to be a commentary on that. And and um, and also the young soldier who's 19, 20 years old and is in war and then has to come back to America like that that thing, that's, that's such a hard adjustment that we've talked about with numerous other movies on this show, man, this just fails on every level. I was just like, I was so bummed because I really went into it like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And I mean, Chris Tucker- It just had to be mediocre to make you happy, probably. Yeah, probably me to go, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, this makes a good point. It just missed, it was every, it was every cliche, it was every, and then just Chris Tucker is like the media executive. What? (laughs) Right, so this team, you know, the 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 unit of soldiers, and Chris Tucker's the guy in the cell phone, like, all right, guys, we got the big interview and the cameras, and you know, it's just it was so. And then, oh fuck, they go in the field, the the unit of guys, and they're all in their like dress uniforms, right, with the berets, and and when they're on the in the limo joking around, I I understand why you would have that because they would be sort of joking around, mm-hmm. but then when they're on the field. And they're like playing catch. They start jumping and goofing around. I'm like, man, first of all, they would never, I've never, I've seen a million soldiers honored at a million sporting events since 9 11. Mm-hmm. Not none of them. They're there in their dress uniforms. They are starched and pressed and <laughs> like, right. maybe they go out and get drunk later and fuck around, whatever. But in that environment, no. And then they're joking around, and then some field guys like, "Get out of here!" I'm like, "Really? A Texas guy in a big cowboy hat at a football stadium is going to yell at soldiers who've returned from Iraq? <laughs> when the fuck did that ever happen? <laughs> like, it, it just, it's it just, it, it, it was such a misfire on so many levels, and I was like, why is this getting like forty percent on?" Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Like I was like, mm. oh, that's weird. Or the review sites were all putting it really, really low. And I was like, right. oh, it's just bad. Yeah. It's a bad film. It's a bad script. It's badly cast. And I don't know, Ang Lee just, he can't do this. Mm. So. So how long was the halftime walk? Too long. 
the movie was as long as the halftime walk at, in real time, then it would have been fine. Wow. Yeah, it was. All uh, right. It was a bummer. Like, go watch, go watch Life of Pi or Crouching Tiger or Brokeback Mountain. Again. Or even Ice Storm. Go watch Ice Storm again. Yeah. Go watch any of those other movies. So even the Hulk. Yeah, go maybe. watch the Hulk again. It's just. Uh, well. Yeah. We uh we have a sponsor, Ball. yeah, awesome. Tipsy Elves. We have them every year around this time, and they're such a fun sponsor. We love those because everyone needs an ugly Christmas sweater this time of year. <laughs> and uh, last year, I remember they uh, I got the uh, Gingerbread Ninjas, which is awesome. Yes. I love the Gingerbread Ninja. We should sweater. make that into a movie. Yes. <laughs> And it's um it's uh, they all, they also have some designs from last year. They have some uh, cool new designs. And uh, if you go to tipsyelves.com, you could check out. Now some of the stuff is so popular it has been selling out. So if you want an ugly sweater for an ugly sweater Christmas party, um, you really got to act now because they they go very very fast. But why would we possibly let you pay full price? You can't do that. We can't do that. No, we can't. 20% off everything at tipsyelves.com. Uh, all you have to do is use the coupon code CFN. CFN gets you 20% off at tipsyelves.com. T-I-P-S-Y-E-L-V-E-S.com. Coupon code CFN, 20% off. Get, go get yourself an ugly sweater. Well, here's the thing. So last year, I got a um, a very funny sweater that was uh, – it's actually on the website. It shows Jesus with a birthday hat and a balloon, and it says birthday boy, nice. which, is, which, is, <laughs> uh, which is funny. There's a shirt with a girl wearing it. says single and ready to jingle, which is funny. They've got Christmas jumpsuits. Um, but what I did this year, I went into the col- uh, collegiate apparel section – uh, I went to uh, University of Arizona, so I got an Arizona Wildcats uh, kind of holiday sweater. Actually, Arizona is playing in a basketball tournament in December here in L.A., and you know what? I'm going to wear this sweater to the game. They've got... Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So if you're like a college sports fan, uh, get a sweater. I got this in a... And they also have board shorts. I'm already ready to go next summer, Chris, for my next pair, my next surf session. Or if I do some shows in uh, Hawaii, I'm going to be ready to go. Thanks to tipsyelves.com. Who would have thought? It's all good. And also... It's more than just ugly sweaters. Here's the thing. So the collegiate sweaters are already 30% off on the website. Mm-hmm. Use the coupon code, save yourself a little more money, folks. How's that sound? Do it before they sell out. They, yeah. So you can get a sweater for for like under 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's a good deal. No, it is. And they're high quality too. Really yeah. good quality sweaters. They're, they're real thick. The one I got last right. year, they're fun. They're 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 not itchy. You know no, what I mean? Uh-uh. They're comfortable, fun sweaters. And, and you know, everyone's having uh, ugly sweater parties. So don't be left out. Don't be left out. <laughs> or just have one with yourself alone. Yes. <laughs> And watch earbuds. <laughs> Where, here, send us a photo of you wearing an ugly sweater while watching earbuds. And we will put it on our social we, we'll media. We promise. On, we pro- we definitely will do I that. I guarantee you we will do that. <laughs> uh, so go to tipsyelves.com, coupon code CFN. All right. Now let's talk about uh, two trailers that okay. were released. Beauty and the Beast. This is the live action update to uh, the beloved animated classic. Now, it, it's funny I Emma had the, Watson is in this. Yes, Emma Watson. I had the exact same reaction to this when I saw the Jungle Book trailer, but <laughs> I will say that I was wrong about the Jungle Book movie, so I could be wrong about this one, but it really feels like an unnecessary live-action remake of you know animated characters because what they're doing is they're doing a lot of the same 
character designs with the beast and the clock and the candelabra, but now they just look photorealistic. So it takes all the charm out of the right. uh, animated characters. So, but again, I was wrong about Jungle Book, so I'm going to um, reserve judgment for this. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I actually just fell right on the, oh, since Jungle Book was cool and I, then I'm going to, then this might be. Like, right. I'm just automatically uh-huh. kind of giving it that because I, I don't know, I have, my faith in Disney is, is, uh, is been, I don't know. It's been restored a little bit, I think, from seeing what they're doing and how they're, like some of these. They're having more hits than misses. They are. Yeah. And other companies. They just got to stop making Alice in Wonderland live action movies. <laughs> like MGM, all they're doing is just rehashing old nonsense. Like any property they own, they're just like crank it out. And right. it doesn't feel like there's any thought or care to it. It just feels like, it just feels like a full on money grab. Like you were talking about why Fantastic Beast was successful. Right. I, I feel like. Um, Disney is sort of, they're doing it the right way. They're letting people handle these properties the right way. Um, and, and that's why I feel like eh, this could, this could work. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's directed by Bill Condon, who's, he's done some interesting movies. He did Gods and Monsters. Uh, he did Kinsey. He did Dream Girls. Like he's done musicals. And I feel like that's, he might be the right guy to do this to me. That's why I feel confident. He's got the right um, background for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, and the other one is Ghost in the Shell. I really don't understand why this movie was made at all. Um, this was a brilliant anime. Uh, I don't understand why they need to. we need to see a live-action version with Scarlett Johansson. And the trailer just shows me, like, why it should never have been made. Like, the trailer gets me even less excited to see it. I just, you know, it's like... It's also such a Japanese story. And then, you know... It's like, you know, when Keanu Reeves was in um, 47 Ronin. That's exactly what it feels like. But it also just feels like, didn't she just do this two years ago with Lucy? Like, she makes all these cool movies. Scarlett Johansson, I really like her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's just like stop being Black Widow in every movie. Yeah, she's Lucy, <laughs> and then she's in I don't know. She just does these really these films that just I don't know. Sometimes they're just like, why is she doing that? Why is she why is she doing that? So I don't know. I'm not I'm not fired up for this either. Yeah. So I it's you know it's a, it's, a, it's an odd choice. All right. There's plenty of other Japanese animation. <laughs> movies right. that might be better choices for live action adaptations so all right so let's talk about earbuds a little bit you know this it's been honestly chris it's been over three years if you think about the, oh yeah the, i think about it all the time <laughs> <laughs> the first footage we shot was october of 13 at the second year of la Podfest. right as a pro, like a proof of concept right um, we were like, yeah, let's 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 try this out, mm-hmm. and then we used the, some of that footage for the Kickstarter video. Yes. Um, and I I gotta say the the whole journey from that through the Kickstarter to shooting it to um, shooting all the storylines in fourteen and showing the trailer at the twenty fourteen Podfest while shooting the movie while shooting the movie was, yeah was was like cool, and then showing it. Um, the festivals have been great. The best screening we had was when we showed the rough cut at PodFest 2015. Yes. Packed house. Packed house. Mm-hmm. People cheering. It was the coolest thing. And I mm-hmm. remember Tina Imahara, the, the editor, said, 
make sure you guys got a camera that she goes, cause you're not, you only get one of these. Right. Like premiere, everybody's so fired up. She goes, you're not going to have another screening like mm-hmm. this. And we've had some cool screenings at yeah, festivals. But she was right. She was dead on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That screening was fantastic. Um, and even the reaction from people this past PodFest, we just showed it in the little room at the end of the hall who hadn't seen it before, were just like, wow, you know? They're like, I didn't, and I keep seeing this on Twitter. I didn't expect to cry. Right. Um, Getting a lot of great emails now that you guys are able to get it from kick their Kickstarter rewards. And also you guys have been buying it in the store. Uh, some great, great feedback. Thank you so much. And then, you know, like Bill and Guido, one of the, uh, the kilts, the kilt bills, one of the, one of the kilt brothers, mm-hmm. he's, he came to the, um, the improv screening on the 17th. He's seen the movie like four times or something. He, came, he still bought it. He still he still yeah. bought it again. He's like he had some tech issues. He emailed me. I wanted to go, Bill. Yeah, you don't need to. I you, took care of him. You, yeah. All right, he's, good. He's, he, yeah, he's all set. But like, it's been such a cool thing, and the questions that have been asked at the Q and As at the film festivals have been so fantastic, and some of them very. It, there's been a consistent questions asked from San Francisco to Romania to. <laughs> you know, to LA Podfest. Some insightful questions. You know, and um, it's, I mean, some stuff has changed in the podcast community. Some shows that we interviewed no longer exist. Or, right. Um, but I think that for me personally, finally releasing this movie, and this was what our strategy was. We went in like, okay, we know we're going to sell this movie on Comedy Film Nerds at some point. Right. Let's do the festivals. Let's swing for the fences. Let's hope we get into a giant festival. Yeah, and get a giant distributor here. to pick it up. Okay, and we let's knew, try. We, let's try. We knew it was right. a long shot, right? but let's try. We didn't have any illusions about our chances just yeah. because we understand the way the market and these companies work mm-hmm. and for the way the festivals work. Right. So. And also, like, we knew we probably weren't going to win Best Doc at any festival. Mm-mm. And this isn't out of some, like... Oh man, the festival's rigged. Like that movie that we've talked about on the show, Swim Team. Right. It's, it's the a, nature of film festivals. Yeah, it's it's an it's a it's an autistic swim team. That that's a that's a fantastic film. Like that and our description, like while we have heart, you know, heartfelt stuff in the movie, the description is just a, it's about podcasting, you know. So right. anyway. And the fact that we are getting into these documentary festivals along with these other great, you know, um, issue-driven docs has been, you know, really flattering and great for us. And it also validates how we always said we wanted to not just, you know, do a podcasting movie. We want to do a great documentary about podcasting. And tell, you know, as we talk about, you know, all the time on this show, it's about telling a great story. And I'm really proud of the whole podcasting community and how this movie was made. Like it's so, it it was such a cool from, from the festival, all you guys that have supported the festival, all the podcasters that, the who let us on their shows during the Kickstarter and then let us in their studios, all the interviews, everybody, every, how everybody helped out. I mean, just like, you know, in Chicago, and oh, can you? you I'll you can, I'll have my truck drop off gear. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like it's it's it's. We we got so much help from the fans. I mean, especially in Japan and of course Australia. It's been it's been great 
it's been a great experience all the way around. We are just so proud and so happy to finally be able to deliver the film to you. And, you know, we're, like Graham said, we're doing it in phases. You know, right now it's available for download of Comedy Film Nerds, but, you know, we're going to start rolling it out. The DVD will be next. Mm-hmm. Then we'll start uh, rolling it out on other platforms. But we're going to continue with self-distribution and do it all ourselves because really that's the um the way you make more money a because we've looked at all the numbers and talked to other filmmakers and the distribution deals right now are kind of shitty yeah and uh that's if you get paid at all and then we find out the distributors even with a shitty deal you may not get anything and also i really feel like what graham and i set out to do it it's it's the spirit and nature of what we did a do-it-yourself kind of thing so it's a lot more work and it takes a lot more time but we're we're doing it we want to get it we're going to get it on these other platforms so you guys can uh the artwork um was done by you guys was done most of it by page Page branson Branson. some of it by brian wolf like the Mm -hmm. fans you guys have (laughs) have done yeah brian's doing the layout for the uh dvd cover and it looks great i mean it's it's the community of podcasting it's been it's been such a cool um and it's also sort of for me personally just as a as a career it's it's such a nice validation because this show business can be it can be really frustrating. Mm, and it can, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and and you know, Podfest this year was really cool, but there was some struggles in dealing with you know an insane election cycle and a competing festival thirty days out and 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 a withdrawal of sponsors. <laughs> yeah, withdrawal of sponsors because of money fears or whatever, and then just you know, just as a comedian and as an actor and whatever, struggling to get work, but then. You make a movie, and it's it's so cool to be treated as a filmmaker. You know what's interesting, and the best way to describe it is being an indie artist is a constant struggle and a constant reward. Mm-hmm. And really, that reward isn't always financial, right? But uh, the struggle is always there. But the you know the feedback and you know the, the just the sentiments that you guys send us back. Uh, after we send our work out into the atmosphere, we we appreciate it so much, and it keeps us going. It really does. And honestly, it's a it's a big deal for just us at Comedy Film Nerds. You know, we're like, there's days Chris and I are like, are we really still in a garage? We need we need more money and offices and a staff right. and all this stuff. You know, and the and because earbuds, it, the Kickstarter didn't cover everything. Mm-hmm. We've we've been covering the last uh, of the costs for the last year. But, and, but we wanted to get, we were like, no, we're not going to stop. We're going to get this movie out and get it done and get it to you. And and it's a big moment for us because it's us sort of taking control, not sort of, it is us taking control of our company and our business and, and the way we want to make and distribute and finance films. And um, it's it's really, it's like money's finally coming in the right direction and- you know, it's awesome. And it's because of you guys and all of the stuff on Twitter and Facebook, you guys are posting about how much you love earbuds and that you're And the emails too. The emails. We're getting great emails. And it's like, it's, it's, it means a lot. And emails from like people who are in it, Russell and Allison, who were like, hadn't seen it yet. And, Mm -hmm. and it means a lot to us. And people like, I'm in Australia. It took me four hours to download it, but I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, we're really hoping it's, it's a big file. If you yeah. get the zipped one that yeah. with all the extras, it's a it's a big file. And it's a you know, the goal and, and we're it's starting to happen. So we're gonna be promoting this film for the next nine months to a year. Um to ten years. To ten years, yeah. <laughs> but like 
we're going to release more bonus content as more money comes in and we can hire an editor to cut together because we have hundreds of hours of footage. And right. Stuff. We might do a second round of bonus content yeah. after everything just else release is set it up. as another two ninety nine download or whatever. Right. So it, it's so cool. And um, those of you listening, there's a lot of you because we know the numbers listening who haven't bought it yet. So <laughs> once you get the chance, here's your uh, invitation. Here's your invitation. <laughs> and because we always say spend twenty dollars a year, you know, to help us out in the store. Now, I mean, you could even money's tight. You could even just spend seven ninety nine for the yep. standard def. Seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. and we get all that a minus a, a teeny little fee to PayPal. Right, we get the bulk of that, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes, <laughs> we can pay back some bills, and we can which, get a which will then go to pay for DVD authoring. Yeah, so um, couldn't have done it without you. It's the coolest thing that we've done as a company and also the biggest thing for sure it's the biggest thing we've done as a company it's the coolest thing i've ever directed as a filmmaker um it's our first time that a comedy film nerd says produced a feature feature film film. Mm -hmm. um and so it's all because of you guys so thanks thank you thank you and please enjoy the film yeah and tell your friends family Mm -hmm. spread the word especially the non-podcasters who don't get it this is the thing you make right (laughs) All right. Okay, so DVDs and Blu-rays. This is Don't Breathe. That's a, a horror movie that came out a little while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete's Dragon. I, I didn't really resonate with this, but you know, a lot of people are saying it was well. It's kind of a classic throwback to a Disney family film. I get that, but you know, I didn't like the dragon as much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It didn't really resonate with me. The BFG was another misfire. A weird Spielberg misfire. Mm-hmm. Even the kids didn't like it. They thought it was a little just off and there was something there was something it was one of those weird movies the bfg where everything you think would be lining up it's spielberg great it's a classic children's story great it's amazing special effects great it's got good actors and great and it just it never came together it never gelled um and then the wildlife and absolutely fabulous the movie good luck with those yeah Um, and of course we have on the spotlight site, spotlight and fan feedback, uh, the weekly film news, Rick's reviews of Moana and fantastic beats and CJ's review of nocturnal animals is also, they're all good reads. And of course you guys have been great on the Facebook and uh, Twitter feeds, always interesting stuff that you guys are uh, posting. Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to read uh, something real quick right here from the comedy film nerd page. Um, it was, uh, this guy. So there's the post with the the photo of Colt Cabana um, from episode 346, uh, where he talks about wrestling films. That's that photo of Colt, obviously, in his like wrestling gear. Right. And then Thomas Schultz posted a photo at Six Corners uh, in Chicago, where Colt talked about training, and now there is a giant billboard of him standing over the intersection that gives Chicago neighborhood its name. One hour tease. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Way to cross-promote. Mm-hmm. And then we posted something about um, three weeks until Rogue One is is uh, released in theaters, and then Max Bryant wrote, 18 days and three hours, but hey, who's coming? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're excited about Rogue One. Mm-hmm. We're very, very excited. So uh, thank you guys for all the positive um, reinforcement rather positive reinforcement um, um, and premiering this week Incarnate now this um, IMDB description did make me laugh so I'm going to read it this is a horror movie a scientist with the ability to enter the subconscious minds of the possessed must save a young boy from the grips of a demon with powers never seen before while facing the horrors of his past 
I think this sounds like great college fan fiction. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I look forward to reading it in the next college newspaper. Uh, <laughs> Are they still doing zines? Is this, a, uh, is this what we got going on? From the 90s. Uh, so, and the other movie is Jackie. Um, this uh, I don't know what to make of this one with Natalie Portman. It's playing Jackie I, uh, Kennedy. Yeah. And uh, I, again, this looks like a pile of haircuts and a bag of accents, <laughs> as Jackie Cation would say. A pile of haircuts. It feels like a... Somebody funded it and did it went Oscar. Yes, exactly. And, and it came uh-huh. out and they went, well, Ooh, well, you know, maybe we could at least get our money back. Let's hope, let's hope the haircuts <laughs> just carry it through enough <laughs> weekends of sales. So I don't, don't release know. it early for reviewers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have a great I'm not I'm not excited about this. Uh, except when I watch it on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's episode 347. Let's lock it down. Let's do it. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Um, Buy your sweater. Buy your sweater. Go to Tipsy L's. Coupon code CFN, Charlie, Franklin, November. Um, (laughs) And uh, tell us what you think of Arrival. I want to know. Yeah, please do. Who, what side you land on. And And again, this is more like a center left, center right thing. Neither one of us is crazy about the side we're on. (laughs) This isn't little love or hate. This is, yeah, I kind of liked it and kind of didn't like it. Um, so, and then, uh, if you really liked Billy Lynn's halftime walk, explain yourself. <laughs> Angly. Angly, yeah. <laughs> t- tell me why. Um, uh, all right, guys. Uh, of course, uh, comedyfilmnerds.com. Get the earbuds. And, um, yeah, I don't really, I haven't been touring. I don't have many tour dates. I've been home. Oh, and just promote the, promote earbuds. Yeah, buy the shit <laughs> yeah. out of that film, guys. <laughs> I don't have any road dates to yeah. pay the bill, so I need some downloads. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Buy the movie so we can have a Christmas. <laughs> we we want to have a Christmas. Ugh, we don't want to have... Eggnog and, Egg- a, and a dirty street corner. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the CFN Christmas party. Move along. <laughs> Our Christmas party is just on a street corner because yeah. we can't afford a place or food. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you're the best fans in the world. You truly are. You thank guys you. You really are fantastic. And we have enjoyed doing all of this. Sounds like this is our last episode. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we're always one more grateful. It always sounds that way. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Well, there's nowhere else to go well, from here. Well, we hit it. This yeah. is the end of the, <laughs> end of the line. It was a good run. Yeah. Um, no, you guys are awesome. And uh, we're going to start what? You know, it's Oscar season. More cool movies are coming out. It's coming up. All right, guys, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.